As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we have a new NBA champion and one of the best hoop journalists and NBA writers in the country is here to help us break it down and put it all in perspective. But first, Darlene, no days off. Let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Thanks, Darlene. All right, King is off this week, y'all. He went back to his hoop dreams. He's preparing for the basketball tournament, which can be seen on ESPN. Shout out to Angel Gray on the sidelines of that event. And Tim Scarborough, the analyst. On Tuesday, though, the Bucks capped off a championship run with their fourth straight win after dropping the first two games of the NBA Finals to the Phoenix Suns. It was the second time Milwaukee overcame an 0-2 deficit in the playoffs. They trailed Brooklyn 0-2 in the second round before winning that series in seven games. And this week, we are so fortunate and so lucky to be blessed by one of the best hoop journalists out there, NBA journalists. Um, he was on site at the finals, has been covering the series so closely. Uh, Vinny Goodwill of Yahoo Sports. We're definitely going to reflect on the season. He's going to give us some incredible perspective. Can't wait to dive in. Vinny, my guy, what's up? What's going on, Monica? How you doing? I am fantastic. Besides the fact that as my career is um, growing, I root for my takes, and I did pick Phoenix and Seven, so there's that. Mm, mm, mm. Were you trying to get us all, get most of us sent back to 110-degree weather? Is that what you was doing? I think I will be honest. I think I was a little bit smitten with the whole Chris Paul thing. And and to be fair, Phoenix looked really good through their run and the inconsistencies of the Bucks. But boy, did they turn on the consistent switch when it when they needed to the most. I don't even know if they turned on the consistent switch or they just turned on point. Giannis. There you go. <laughs> they turned on Giannis. I think that was the thing. And I was talking about this a little bit earlier with a friend of mine. Have you ever seen like a quieter 50 points? Hello? And first of all, let's talk about how this man was, what, 17 of 19 from the free? Like, when did he suddenly, I mean, in this series we saw it, but I don't know, that is the part that I've been so struck by. Like, when did all of a sudden this 50, low 60% free throw shooter guy become clutch? Oh, you mean when Chris Paul said, you know, Giannis think he gonna miss the free throws. You know what I mean? When Chris, mm. after Chris Paul said that, Giannis was like, oh, oh, you think I'm out here just breaking it? Huh, I'll show you. Like, mm. oh, and those free throws had soft bounces last night. Yes. Yes. Soft bounces, shooter rolls, backspin. <laughs> like, like he was he was taking his 10, 15 seconds. Don't get me wrong, but he, them things look pure. Yeah. Them things look pure. Like, I was, Monica, I was struck last night by the fact that it didn't look like he was trying to take over the game. It just looked like he was playing basketball. Like, I know we get into this, you know, social media has got us into this basketball player slash Hooper discussion. Yeah. 
that dude looked like he was just balling last night. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, th- oh, we need rebounds. I got rebounds. Need to pass the ball, pass the ball. I need to score 20 in the third quarter. A dude who ain't a scorer, who ain't got a jump shot scoring 50. You got you to gotta make this make sense for me, Monica. You hooped. I done played with dudes who couldn't shoot but scored. This is a little different. I think, uh, in addition to the free throws, both sides of the court, like to your point, whatever we needed, defensive rebound, offensive rebound, block shot, <laughs> cake, give me that. Like that's, you know what I mean? And so I think I, there was a part of me that was like, oh, poor DeAndre A.M. But I really think asking anybody to defend Giannis straight up is just unfair, period. And DeAndre obviously is not yet in that weight class. Mm-hmm. But while we got you here, because we were all taking it in from home, I had the pleasure of joining the ESPN radio broadcast with George Berg, John Kessler, John Barry, PJ Carlissimo, Kevin Winter. We had a blast. But take me inside the arena, because we've gotten some great fan moments. First, Suns and four. Then we mm. got Bucks and six. And Bucks and six in game three was like, oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. And then here we are. So what was it like inside of Pfizer? How did that crowd react? I mean, just the whole thing. You know what? I was in Toronto in 2019. Okay. And I thought, <clears throat> and that was the first time in my life that I've been in an arena and the court looked small. Because everything around it, you just felt like you were on top of it. Last night didn't feel like that, but last night felt so heavy. It just felt like from the moment, maybe within 10 minutes left before the, you know, national anthem, it was like everybody was just ready and waiting. And I'm like, man, look, they better win tonight. Like, it was like one of those things, like, because if they don't win tonight, we ain't getting out of here live, and neither are they. Like, it was just one of those, they were out for blood. It didn't matter whose blood it was. It would have been Chris Middleton's blood. A pint of his blood would have been in the streets if he'd have went three for 16 and they lost by two or something like that. It was just one of those heavy but emotional, like you can't, like you can see the intensity from the screen, uh-huh. but you don't know when you're in the arena if it's conveying that way. So like from the first possession, it was like, man, you're going to have to settle down and play basketball. But it never settled down. It was like the whole game was running off of emotion. That's the best way I can describe it. The entire game was emotional. I'll tell you a funny thing. I don't know if it's funny because it ain't, I see it's funny because it ain't me, right? <laughs> funny because it ain't me. And it could never be me because I could never be pregnant. So Giannis's, oh Giannis's fiance, you know, uh-huh. now pre- good, good and pregnant. She ain't uh-huh. like pregnant. She pregnant, pregnant, right? So she was in like the room with Giannis while he was smoking a cigar and everything. She's waiting on boot holes at the finish and all that. So she went on to the to the floor. She looked about eight and a half. She looked about 10 and a half months pregnant. She's very pregnant. I saw her on TV. I didn't even know she was pregnant, but I was like, oh, wow, she's she's due like now. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she, like I said, she looked 10 and a half months pregnant. So, you know, <laughs> you're, you're like watching. And I was like, oh, she's big. No, it's not that. I'm not making a crack. Like, like women, please don't come at me. I don't, I don't mean it like that. It's just hyperbole, y'all. Please, please don't hurt me. I love y'all. Um, but she sat down to take pictures on the floor. And I was like, ooh, that's going to be a hard time for her to get up. I don't know who's going to be around when she got to get up. Because Giannis was like, she was in the center floor. And Giannis was like with his two babies, the trophy and the MVP trophy. Mm-hmm. He, was, he couldn't help her because he had his hands full. And I was like. I hope they don't ask somebody to pick her up because she looked like she going to be barking at somebody when she had to get up off that flow. And I don't get bad knees, but I've heard of people who do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I felt it when she stood up. I felt it. I felt that pain. 
I felt like her water was gonna break right oh then gosh. and there from the squat <laughs> of having to get up. Like that was the scene last night that was struck me by it was like this pregnant woman is waddling around because her man just pulled off a fitty ball. Yeah. And she ain't following her, but she's just part of the party. Uh-huh. And somebody decided to say, hey, let's sit down and take pictures. Yeah, but how are we going to get up? Like, that was my thought. How we, like, I done been around pregnant women before. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't no easy task. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. the celebration. So it was, it was funny. Like, Giannis was, I don't know if you noticed this, Monica, through the press conferences. Giannis has been really vulnerable. Yes. Through this entire play, he's been really open. You know how sometimes mm-hmm. we consider Kyrie and Katie to be more brooding and all mm-hmm. this. And Giannis has been more open. He's been like Oprah. He's been yeah. putting he's been putting stuff on like, you know, he almost like he's saying, remember your spirit or something like that uh-huh. at the end of press uh-huh. conferences. And he's so emotional and so authentic. Like those were the things that struck me last night. Cause I don't he doesn't come across like it's an emotional guy, but he was. You know what I mean? So those were some of the things last night that hit me. I ran into last night, I ran into Justin Holiday. One of the Holiday Brothers. And he won a championship with Golden State. And I covered him uh, when he was with the Bulls. He saw me in the hallway. He dapped me up. He said, man, I've never been so happy for somebody else in my life. This is amazing. And I couldn't tell you something about Giannis or his brother. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, let me let me run this back, though, Vinny. Because last week, you did a... I don't know. Actually, I might be messing up my dates. Forgive me. You can tell me when you wrote this piece. Um you had, the, it was a line in this piece that I just thought was so poetic and really sort of nailed it. And obviously as someone who's boots on the ground covering the NBA, I want to read this for our listeners. And then I want you to talk to me about what you've seen from this Milwaukee Bucks squad um, with a little bit more detail and perspective. Cause most of us just kind of hear, but don't make adjustments. Giannis can't shoot and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are inconsistent. Like now what, you know? All right. So this is what you wrote. Um, the shorthanded Paul was tossing the ball to to space his teammates were not five turnovers, including being stripped late by Antetokounmpo when the Suns were nursing a three-point lead. It was the kind of game the Suns have won all season, the type of night the Bucks were prone to lose over the last few seasons. But as they seem to illustrate in the last two rounds, there's been some painful growth in this oddly executed season, an ability to win games when not playing at peak efficiency on offense. Booker tore them up and they didn't overreact and allow Jay Crowder or Aiton to feast inside. Um, that line about the painful growth, I was like, man, like, whoo. So what is it? And I think it was funny because as we did the pregame show, I remember when we started the series, we were just kind of, you know, what we've seen. And I was like, well, Phoenix is closed out on the road. They've shown that they're comfortable doing that. Then we were like, well, wait, so have the Bucks? Maybe not as efficiently, but the Bucks have also done that. And for whatever reason, whether it's KD's toe or what we perceive as the weaknesses of this team or Giannis in particular, giving the Bucks credit comes after you stop and think. Mm-hmm. So what have you seen that kind of got them here? The painful growth thing, I think, and you know how we are with, with sports media. We have a narrative and we beat that thing to the ground. You know what I mean? We are a people of first impressions. Mm-hmm. As soon as we get the idea in our head of what you are, you're going to have to fight like hell to get out of it. You know what I mean? And the Bucks were a team that we looked at as front runners. That if it's going well for them, if they're hitting shots, they'll kick you behind. But the second it get hard, they don't, they don't do hard. You know what I mean? They don't do grit and grime and win tough games, except they started winning them. Mm-hmm. Except they started, if you notice, they, get, they got better as the series went on. And every series they win, you think about it, from the first round, they barely beat Miami in game one. 
by game four, they weren't even playing well and beating them by 20. You know what I mean? And uh, the second round against Brooklyn, getting waxed by 50 in game two, whatever it was, winning and, and then losing game five the way they lost game five, winning game six and seven. Atlanta, blue game one, you know, blue game four. You know what I mean? With Giannis, winning game five and game six. Like, an ability to learn for me with them, it just it didn't feel like it, they were learning because it felt like they were taking one step forward, two steps back type of thing. But you, when you really stop and look at it, like you said, it's like, wait a minute, we can actually give this team credit. Like, they're, they're winning tough games where they're not shooting the ball well. They're winning games when it don't look so pretty. And I ain't giving Bud credit. Like, we ain't got to go with British that far, right? <laughs> just because you win a championship don't mean that all of a sudden every, all the crooked edges become laid straight. Like, I'm, that ain't me. You know what I mean? That, that, that is not I. I is not he. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, wait, like, wait, Chris Paul, we're not going to put Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis on you. That isn't a coaching adjustment. That's common sense. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I got Drew Holiday, a younger Drew Holiday on Chris Paul, younger and bigger. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sick him on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To me, that's common sense, but it's also the acknowledgement that, hey, plan A ain't working. We need to try some other. Oh, I was about to say right. something else. You have to try right. something else. It's a safe space. Feel free. But go ahead. You have to, we got to try some other shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know what I mean? This conversation, yes. And Phoenix uh, is always a team Monica that never beat themselves this year. They played with remarkable maturity all season long. So it's funny. I was talking to my dad. My dad is the reason I fell in love with the game the whole bit. But this morning he said, "What? why did Phoenix lose? And I didn't want to go that deep. I was like, dad, because Giannis refused to be denied. Like, that's the bottom line. And he's like, yeah, but what about Phoenix? And, and I think as I watched yesterday, because you're right, Phoenix have been so consistent. Simply put, they flat out had no answer for Giannis. And I think they peaked in games one and two and could not duplicate those types of performances for whatever reason. Whether you credit Holiday from picking up CP3 in the backcourt, PJ Tucker, Houndin, um, Book, like whatever you want to credit it to, the last two games, particularly game six, Phoenix looked young. Mm-hmm. They looked like the team that, you know, had not had the experience getting here. And JB actually said it, John Barry said it as we prepared for the radio broadcast. He was given the edge of the Bucks because of how they've been so disappointed in the previous two postseasons. Like they have some scabs, they've been hardened, they've weathered some storms. Where Phoenix, you know, this young neophyte squad, ultimately that showed up. Look, we we heard, you know, I I I had a lot of Frankie Beverly and Mays played in my house. There's a song called Joy and Pain. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> in both sides of it. And there's another saying that my mama used to say to me, Black Mama, sick and tired of being sick and tired. You think you tired? Yeah. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's the Bucks. They were sick and tired of y'all beating up on them. Y'all being me. They were sick and tired <laughs> of us kicking they, kicking they behind, telling them that they ain't going to be champions and everything else. And even Giannis kind of said it after the game. He's like, look, man, we don't know what next year is going to be like. Like, yeah. you can see that Brooklyn tsunami coming down the way. And they felt like if we don't get it done this year, we don't know when we're going to get it done. And Phoenix has never hurt before. They ain't never hurt. But Chris Paul, no Chris, Paul, Chris Paul perpetually hurt. Chris Paul more hurt than a Mary J. Blige album. Chris Paul more hurt than my life. You know what I mean? My life being a Mary J. Blige album, if, yes. y'all, if y'all get it. That, that's, that is the hurt of hurt albums, and that is Chris Paul's career. All right? But he the only one. Yeah. Devin Booker ain't been hurt like that. He just mm-hmm. ain't been playing on good teams. And all those dudes, I mean, you said it, DeAndre Ayton, that's a big, strong boy. But he ain't got no grown man strength to handle Giannis, that, that 6'11", 240. It'll come in a couple of years. So, yeah, I felt like 
Phoenix needed to bleed. Yeah. And they, oh, they, oh, Monica, can you imagine the cheering? Because these hallways are thin. These locker rooms ain't that far away from each other. And you trying to answer awkward ass questions from the media about how hard, how bad it feels. Yeah. And all you hear is, wipe me down. I'm all wipe me down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, wait, what? I can't focus. I can't do this. I will say, <laughs> when Monty Williams went into the Phoenix or the Milwaukee locker room, I was like, there he goes being a better human than all of us again. Because I would have been like, yeah, all right. See y'all later. Monica, I'm from Detroit. I, I, all I'm going to say is, I'm from Detroit. When my favorite team of all time lost to, to a team, <laughs> got up out of there. Ain't nobody shaking y'all hands, going to y'all locker room. We up out of here. So None of that. Monty's a good dude. If, if there's, there's somebody that I wanted this to win for, to happen for, it was Monty Williams. Because I'd rather have him as my coach than Bud. Um, okay, so it, here we are. And it begs the question. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, we can't do this without talking about legacies individually. But before we go to individual players, mm-hmm. someone asked me, and I was like, yeah, I don't see it. I can't take a phone call right now. Let me alone. Okay. Um, so <laughs> somebody asked me, are we on the brink of a dynasty from either of these squads? Right. And I was like, well, you know, first we got to get into the minutia of how you define dynasty. Mm -hmm. And then all of that considered, my answer is no, because I don't know, Vinny, if we've seen, I hate to toss around parity, but when I look at the top teams potentially on both sides of conferences moving forward, if they're healthy, I don't know that Phoenix gets back here next year. I don't know that Milwaukee gets back here next year. I don't even know if they make it to their conference finals, respectively, especially Phoenix. Um, so, uh, so of the two teams, I would think that I would trend towards maybe the Bucks being able to do it again in the next three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a really fun time in the league. I feel like I'm here for the the small market teams and the new names winning championship. Look how yeah define we got to change how we define dynasties from now on because there's so much talent. You know what yeah. I mean? There's so much more talent now compared to 1996 where the league expanded from 24 to 30 teams and you didn't have the talent to keep up with the demand. Now you got you can make a case for 30 guys being top 15 players. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can, yeah. like, Jay, Jason Tatum didn't make an all-NBA team, but some people will say Jason Tatum is a top 10 player. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some people will say that for Trey Young. Trey Young didn't come close to making an all-NBA team. You know what I mean? That type of thing. So how I would define dynasty for the Milwaukee Bucks would be consistent contention, just being in the conversation. And I think they're going to stay. They got the ownership, the front office. You know, and, and even Bud may come in next year with a little bit more swag of having won something. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, but uh-huh. but so now it's like, wait, if you're Kyle Lowry, why not go to the Milwaukee Bucks for a couple of years? You're now a team that can attract that type of player mm-hmm. because they have a chance to win something. So while I think we can all look at Brooklyn and say, yeah, they, they might be the favorites next year. If it's 2-2 two, two going into game five next year in the Eastern Conference Finals, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, and Milwaukee is the reigning champions, well, nobody be surprised or shocked if Milwaukee wound up getting back. I think Phoenix is a little different because they're so young. Mm-hmm. And their best, and whoever you say their best player is, and one of their two best players is old. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different for them. But they got three guys, I guess maybe three and a half guys, Monica. I don't see what you think. Between Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, Aiton, that are nowhere close to the players that they're going to be. So they can, they can get better as the Lakers are trying to figure things out, as the Clippers, God knows what they're going to look like next year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix just sort of hung around and hung around in the future. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it was funny because Coach Carlismo, obviously, last night was, was a tough night for Aiton. And as we wrapped mm-hmm. our post-game show, you know, he talked about Aiton getting better. And I said just that. I was like, Coach, it's not just Aiton getting better. All of those guys, like even, even Book, for mm-hmm. all that we know about him as a scorer, there's still room for him to improve his overall game. For real, he ain't packed his three-point shooting with them in the series. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's more I thought moments. I was cutthroat. I thought I, mean, I was cutthroat. I mean, I'm just I'm just stating the facts. Um, but even that, like, if he wants to lean into more on the defensive side of the ball, like, I thought that he had a knack. In, even in the playoffs, as they were successful, I used to – I got frustrated because I felt like he picked up stupid fouls. Mm-hmm, and Perk mm-hmm. was like, nah, he's been forced to guard the best players. Yeah, there's a little bit of both, but I think he has to think. And so the next part of his game maybe is as his IQ elevates. And then, of course, I think Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges – had breakout opportunities in terms of putting them on the national stage in a national conversation. Not that they'll be all NBA next year, right, right. but these are guys that people are now looking out. Bridges is your defensive team, potentially, you know what I'm saying? Most improved kind of categories. Um, I think those guys, all of them stand room to get stronger, literally physically to deal mm-hmm. with a team like the Milwaukee Bucks or healthy Lakers or whoever it may be. But I'm super excited for this uh, Phoenix Sun squad, both sides really. Um, but okay, we do have to do this. Let's talk about it, uh, Vinny. Chris Paul comes up short. You mentioned it. <clears throat> you mean literally short? Like I can see the top of his head short? Or uh, both. Co- coming up, coming up. <laughs> I think it's unfair. First of all, I'm waiting for the story in two weeks about his hand, a ligament being missing or something crazy. You think it, you think it was that bad? I, I think that he was more hurt than he let on. Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't, because I didn't see that in game one. It got worse. He's old. Like things don't stay the same. That's that's true. I'm 36. You know what I mean? Like there was one of them games he takes a tumble. All you need is an awkward land to, you know what I mean? But I felt like Drew Holiday and even Jeff Teague, who didn't seem like he belonged in the NBA finals. It was like Jeff Teague's whole mission in life was to be Chris Paul's shadow for five minutes at a time. And I and and you know it, Monica. Like, once you gotta turn your back to the defense, to your own offense that hinders your ability to run an offense. And maybe that's part of a hand or whatever, but I think that's part of Drew Holiday being 6'2", 6'3", 225 pounds, being able to put his forearm right here in your back and steer you a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, Chris, my opinion on Chris Paul did not change in this series. Okay. It, 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 good or bad. I guess maybe through this, because I think, Getting to the finals is a matter of an accomplishment, not a matter of being a better basketball player. He didn't become a better basketball player throughout this. He just wound up getting to the finals. And mm-hmm. I hate the stat that's out there. You know, Chris Paul has lost four series where he's had two old leads. I think that's like, I don't say nonsense, but I think that's unfair. I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, like you parsing it. But is Chris Paul in my book a top five point guard of all time? He's in the conversation. But is okay. there a gap between him and the next four guys? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know how this, I don't know how this hurts him. Does it hurt him because he had a 2-0 lead? Or I think it just hurts him because he, he didn't get it done. Yeah, I just think it hurts him because he didn't, didn't get it done. And again, you, we said it, Vinny, the same way we look at the Milwaukee Bucks. Once the narrative is slapped on you, you got to rip it off. And ripping it off would have been winning for him. And so I think any astute basketball fan, of course, those of us that cover the sport, you know, statistically it bears out. He shows up to a team, the team improves. Mm -hmm. But it's when we start getting into those top fives and where does he stand amongst the greats, there's always going to be that but. 
until he get it done. Well, here's the thing. I don't think he can get any higher even if he had one. Mm. He's not he's not better than Stephen Curry. He's not better than Isaiah Thomas. He's not better than Magic Johnson. And I've never saw, I've never seen Oscar Robertson play, but people have enough people have told me why I trust their word. A championship to me wasn't going to do that. Wasn't going to elevate him above any of those guys. So me and you got to get into the, is Steph really a one? Because I got Steph as a two in my mind. I get that he plays a one, but I don't, I just never really think of Steph as a point guard. Well, who the hell is the point guard then? I know, that, that was the question, <laughs> but I, I'm like, I just never think of stuff for some reason. It just, it really, it like, it just, you I don't, just, cause you don't run one four with Steph. Is that what it is? I mean, yeah. And I don't, the numbers probably say Steph is a fine passer and playmaker, but I just, I think of no, Steph he, he's not, I don't up. think he's a strong pass. I don't think he's a strong passer because I think he gets careless with the ball. I, I am with you, but point guards don't have to all look the same. Okay, and I was about to say, I'm very traditional in my point guard. Set me up as a shooter. I'm on the wing. Find me, shooter's pocket. Thank you. Like, I'm very traditional. Right, right here. Like, in, let's go. Right in Come the on. pocket where I can catch and go. And, I got and you. if you don't hit me, you're going to hear about it. So just make sure you give me the ball. Um, but okay, I, that's actually a very fair way to look at it in terms of CP3. Um, but man... All right, so Vinny, having been in both cities, I know it was hot in Phoenix following, you got to give me your top three takeaways, whether it's the, the cities, the teams, the actual basketball play, what will stand out for you when you think back on covering the 2021 finals? Well, I wish I was in Phoenix because we had Chris Haynes. I was doing East, oh, Chris okay. Haynes was doing West. But <clears throat> here's what I would say. Top three uh, takeaways. First of all, time out. Chris Haynes, if you happen to listen to this, I'm sick of you big time in me. You've owned me, owed me a guest for like a year and a half now. But go ahead. Continue, Vinny. <laughs> just, just, just send him a text that says, look, I can't tell where your skin ends and your hairline begins. <laughs> Bring your behind on my pocket. <laughs> Just get him relentless. Just get him relentlessly like that. Um, as a as a fellow member of Dark Skinned Elite, you know what I mean. I can <laughs> I can, I can say such things. Um, my main takeaways from the finals, Monica. Number one, Milwaukee. One of the best things. The best thing about Milwaukee. It's ninety minutes from Chicago. Mm, ninety okay. minute, ninety minute train ride. Like I, I spend my off days going to Chicago where I used to live for a couple of years, you know, Michael Will, having dinner with Michael Wilbon and some of the real, the real, real black elite. You know what I mean? Like that type of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Secondly, Milwaukee is like, I guess it's a weird, they drink a lot of beer here. I'm not a beer drinker, bro. Was, yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. I, I, give me my whiskey, my bourbon, my cognac. I am straight, you know, I hate to say this. I'm being stereotypically black right now. <laughs> I ain't drinking no beer. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to not have a beer belly. You want to give me one. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, man, they had 65,000 people last night. Monica, I wasn't trying to be here if they lost. Mm. I wasn't trying to be here. If they, I wasn't trying to be anywhere around here if they lost. In case you didn't know, Milwaukee is not necessarily the kindest to colored <laughs> folk in such ways. And yes, that was definitely, and that was a super spreader event too. I got my, I got my double mask and everything on and ain't a mask in sight. You know how scared, shook if I was last night? Yeah. Like, yeah. man, if I come home and test positive for the Delta variant, I'm coming to Milwaukee and kicking ass. <laughs> no, facts. Fact. <laughs> um, okay, you mentioned something. I know you mentioned it jokingly, but it actually brought me back to something I did want to uh, bring up on the pod today. All right. We think back to last year in the bubble. Um... Malika was on the ground. Zora Stevenson went viral. She wasn't on the ground. But Milwaukee was the team that forced the shutdown yeah, or the pause, yeah, shall yeah, we call it, uh, yeah. behind the shooting of Jacob Blake. 
uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And then here we are. I'm not gonna fall into the narrative trap, but I do wonder, we've both been around teams and been on teams. There is an, an intangible quality about a team that is poised to do something special. I don't know if it's fair to say that it was birthed in that moment. I don't know if it's what you hear from Connaughton and Middleton and those guys talking about how Giannis shows up with zero ego, but it obviously, whatever it is, it was stirred just so. I don't know if anybody brought that question up yesterday. I don't know if you heard it. Um, we, didn't, we didn't bring it up directly, but that's a, that's a great point that you brought up. And I thought about it like around game four mm-hmm. when <clears throat> I, brought, I brought it up in my head around game four and I was like, this team has been through a lot more than we think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even though they changed a lot of the, the players and some of the personnel, you know, Bledsoe, Holiday, that type of thing. When you come to a team that's been through something and you, you sort of almost immediately pick up that equity, that's what equity, you immediately take on the failure of that or that whatever that responsibility is. And I think that team got a lot closer. Because if you remember when that happened in the bubble, a lot of other teams were pissed off that they did this move mm-hmm. on their own. It wasn't yep. like, oh, we're doing, we're standing together. It was almost like, y'all said y'all weren't going to play, so I guess we ain't going to play. You know what I mean? It was, you it don't was have a choice. Force, yeah. it, was a, it was a force shutdown. But in a way, the Bucks had to stand on their own. Like, they weren't mm-hmm. asking nobody else to do nothing. They weren't asking their coaches for permission. They were just doing what they felt was right. And I think a lot of times that, that brings you closer. That helps you through basketball adversity because you've had life adversity so you know what this dude you know what this dude is made of type of thing you know what I mean and Giannis ain't American you know what I mean like he ain't grow up like we grew up with the type of stuff that we had to see and to feel it in that way you know what I mean so I think there's a lot of sweat equity there I think and I would be the first one to tell you when Giannis signed that extension I was like I don't know why he's doing that. He's going to be playing on the team with a, you know, they ain't going to win shit. You know what I mean? In my head, I'm like, they're not winning nothing. And they turn, and before the playoffs, I'm like, they're going to win this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And I beat them if they did it. I yeah. picked them to beat Brooklyn when I thought that Brooklyn was going to be healthy. Did you? I, I ain't picked nobody to beat Brooklyn healthy. I'm going to be straight with that. Oh, you, you picking Kyrie X? Uh, healthy? Picking, I am. <laughs> you, was pick, you was picking PTO Kyrie? Listen. All pay, I need him to do is time off. play basketball. Hey, listen. Hmm. Run, run I, DMP. If he stays healthy, <laughs> run DMP, that's hilarious. Vinny, if he stays, if that team is healthy, and I mean all three of them, look what? They were they were a toenail away and they were healthy. Come on, Vinny. Are we Come playing on, the if card? Are we playing the if card, Monica? I'm just saying, don't act like it's that crazy. PTO, Kyrie X, all of that. DMP, yeah, him, that one. Bring him over here. But you once again you talking about a team that had never been through nothing. That's true. That's very true. That's very so true. I, I, I before the start of that series, I picked Brook, Brooklyn to, to put up a good, I mean, a good fight. I picked Milwaukee to win that series. I didn't think it was going to play like it played. I didn't think KD was going to go nuclear and tell everybody I'm that dude. You know what I mean? Like, like before we go any further, can we acknowledge that Kevin Durant is still the best player in basketball? Like, no matter what. Like, like Giannis had two 40 balls and a 50 ball, and Kevin Durant is still the best player in basketball. And I'm glad you said it. Discussion. I'm glad you said it, because people were getting carried away last night. And I didn't want to be a hater, so I just didn't engage. But I was like, I, my best player still got to be able to shoot a three. I'm sorry. I just, I'm sorry. No, I see. I, that's not fair. That part is not fair. But. In what world? I think, Gian, I think Giannis, Giannis the Monica. Why are we asking Giannis to do shoot threes when he do everything else? 
I am not. So this is the thing. I feel you. Giannis is a great player, top 10 in the league, easy, right? But yes. for me, when I talk about best players, you can't handle weaknesses. So Shaq? In 2001? I'm talking about current players. I don't want to do this. I'm talking about okay. current players. Okay. I just asked. I don't, want, I don't want to go there. It's a different okay, game. My bad. My bad. My Shaq, bad. Would, my bad. Would Shaq be Shaq in this era of officiating? Probably. He just, mm. would he make more free throws? He needs to. Mm. Uh, see, now we get way down the what if train. See? see the, I, the statement the that we both home. agree on, though, is that KD's still the best player in the league. Yeah, right. Giannis, Giannis said it. There you go. Facts. Um, I loved all the, the old Giannis tweets that got recycled yesterday. All right, Vinny, we're going to get you out of here. But before I, there's two things. We got to wrap up the show with buckets, boards, and blocks. But before I let you go, I do want, again, your NBA writer on the beat, on the ground take on the Giannis relationship with the rest of the league and the superstars. I, I wonder, because that's become like this topic du jour, like nobody's giving Giannis his credit type of thing before last night, because there was a bunch of tweets last night, right? From yeah. LeBron and KD and Steph and I all saw these Draymond, other guys. Yeah. Draymond. I wonder if it's hey, Giannis ain't trying to make no friends with these dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Giannis has a different type of game that some of these guys can't necessarily identify with, like from an aesthetic standpoint. They don't look at it like Giannis is big, strong, and coordinated. Just they just look strong. at it. They just think big, strong, big, strong, run fast, caveman, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that type <laughs> of thing. Like they look at him like he's Popeye the Sailor Man or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that ain't, that, that's not, that's, that's not fair. But I think, I, I think, hmm, that's a great question, Monica. So, because we, we don't this. know, right? How do we know? So, I will say to your point, I have a theory. And then I, we had Steve Novak on my MSGPM show with, uh, MSG Networks. And How many jobs you got, woman? Listen, baby, have job, we'll talk. Like, have check, will it cash? Let's talk. Well, listen, we'll turn it down around here. Anyway, uh, so Novi joined us this week and we were talking about this and he's, he's like, he, to your point, he just doesn't make time to do the American NBA player things. The only guy he really worked out with was Kobe. He told mm -hmm. LeBron no, he's told other guys no, like that's just not his thing. So he's not investing in those relationships. My other theory to that is he doesn't play on the United States Olympic team. He goes and plays for Greece. And we know a lot of the, the teammates the and the buddies and whatever yeah. is birthed out of the time with Team USA. So and he, and he didn't come up through the American system of AAU yeah. basketball and stuff like that. It was even like his first couple of years. I mean, he was, you know, I think he came in 2013. So he, he kind of like turned into an MVP, not overnight, but it was almost like he went from being a Greek freak, like an anomaly to like, oh, this dude can ball and he's an MVP and you know, these dudes got to be able to see it. They got to yeah. be able to see it coming. They don't, that's, remember how people don't give Steph his credit in the beginning? 100%. Because Steph didn't come up in the way that they were expecting to see somebody sort of come up in a way that was familiar to them. Run, you know what I mean? Dunk, run, jump. Wait, wait a minute. But Steph was a, Steph was a skill player. Yeah. And Giannis is the total, I guess you could say opposite. And both of them dudes caught hell. So it ain't about stylistically. I feel like it's just familiarity with the dudes. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's actually a really great point. So much of this is we was all prodigies in sixth grade together. Here's our picture: Zion and Ja all in the, on the same team, and you're an outsider. Uh, either way, Giannis is here, and he's absolutely a problem to be dealt with. So that brings us to our final question for you, Vinny Goodwill, on the pod with us today. So the name of the pod is Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. So we always ask our guests to give us one or all three, depending on how they're feeling. I want to go specifically on this Milwaukee Bucks team okay. and the future 
Mm. Right? Whatever it looks like for them. Give me a bucket, something that you love. Give me more of this, right? All the buckets. The board is something that, mm, don't love it, but it may have a redeeming quality, like a rebound, right? The block is a the thing they need to stop, get it out of here. It's going to be problematic moving, move in the future, moving forward. Finger wag, no. You can give me all three or give me one. <laughs> I feel so bad. I feel so bad. Listen, I want whatever just got you that reaction. Please give me that thing. Can you fire a coach after winning the title? That's where you at, baby? Let me talk before you answer, and I do want to hear your answer again, because first of all, God, please get me back in the field so I can be like Vinny and have connections and watch things for myself instead of on TV or on Zoom. Amen. Anyway, um, it was so interesting for me working with Coach Carlissimo on the radio, because he's also a pop tree guy, worked alongside Bud. And I won't say he put on his whole cape for Bud, but he made sure to point out the things that he did and that he won. And even Doris hit us with some, all the people chomped, biting that butt, need to, need to apologize. And I was like, okay, I see y'all family out here. Let me get to apologize. Because he won, apparently. He won. Now we need to apologize because he won. Oh, you know, oh, sprinkle some magic and you too shall be healed. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. All right, Monica, that works. That winning, <laughs> winning cures all, except if you were Talu. In, in Cleveland Ooh. a few years ago. Because we, we damn sure said LeBron coached that team. Talu didn't get his credit till this year. Right? Monica, you should see the like the, the frozen screen that I have of you right now. I really wish I could screenshot this, this pose of you right now. <clears throat> I can help you with that, Vinny. I'll send it to you. <laughs> it really is a good freeze frame of mine. It is. It is. It it's is. Like, how, how would you describe this freeze frame? <laughs> it's kind of like what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my gosh, she should change that to like she should change that to her Twitter avatar. Oh my god! At first, I thought it was my internet connection. I was like, maybe it's bad on my end. But I'm, I'm, she's she's frozen. We're not done though. We're not done. Um, so. My lasting vision of this series <laughs> is the is 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 Giannis's block on the alley oop of DeAndre Ayton. Of, of all the things, and there were so many, that's the one that's like stamped on my brain. No, it for me that's the play because I saw, you can see it in real time developing, and it happened so quick. And you go back and look at it, and he was jumping off the bad knee. You know what I mean? He was barely pushing off. He didn't have time to go into like a full gather. It was just wait, this ball is going over my head. And the ball moves faster than your body, except if you're Giannis and you beat the ball to the spot. And it was just, the arena just blew up because I thought it's going to be a tie game. They're going to lose this game. They're going to lose the series. And that play turned it off. That was, it was, it was remarkable because he was like guarding half of their team on that play. Mm -hmm. He was over here. And then in flash, he was right there. And I was like, you can't teach that. No, it's just instinct. And it's, it's a good basketball instinct because sometimes, you know, you can have stupid players who have great athletic ability and they can't do that because they don't have the thought process. They don't have the brain to do that. And I was so impressed, man. I literally, I was, that was, I said that that was one of a career defining play. And people said, no, oh, that's hyperbole. I'm like, no, no, no. That is a career defining play for someone like Giannis. I don't think you guys get this. Like, this is the start of something that 
this is that that play was the start of something. And we don't know when it's going to end, but that play was the start of something really spectacular. You know who's not getting the credit that I think they deserve for this championship? Who was that? P.J. Tucker. At the mm. beginning of game mm. three, right, he was the guy who t- showed Milwaukee what playing desperate was all about. He didn't have numbers, right? He had like five, four, and three in that game, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. stupid like that. But he was getting offensive rebounds. He was diving <laughs> on the floor. He was showing them what it was going to take. And and it's just it didn't show up in the box score. But I thought from that point on, they became a, a, a mindset of their team just changed. No, he brought just a general toughness to them. You know what I mean? Like toughness that doesn't happen when your internet goes out and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Some some stuff that you can't just plan for. You know, I don't know what happened. No, we've we've been we've been continuing the show without you, Monica. Not <laughs> to mention sort of enjoying the that you left us when you when you took leave. But Vinny and I held it down for you. So yeah, yeah, you didn't even see it. But you're gonna. <laughs> I took leave. Oh, your your new avatar. Trust me, your new it's gonna be your new avatar, your new Twitter <laughs> yeah. avatar. You know, I, I love a fun avatar. <laughs> I described it as she's got that. What you talking about, Willis face? <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, but we All were right, mid- carry on, you guys. Right, we were mid this great block, and I need to get it fleshed out. Bruce, should I should I just do a clean pickup, or what do we do, Bruce? No, we're gonna keep this thing as it was because we had a lot of fun while you were gone. Oh, okay. All right, great. All right, cool. All right, three, two, one. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make an edit. Don't worry. Go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to be clear. I want to be easy for you, but you know, I love some shenanigans. Ah, it was fun. It was spontaneous. <laughs> yeah, it was. All right. Okay. Um, all right, so 2021 things, whatever. All right, so bucket, board, or block, Vincent Goodwill of Yahoo Sports. When it comes to this Milwaukee Bucks team moving forward. Block. <clears throat> if the block is... Can you... Oh, come on, man. You can do whatever you want in this space. You okay, just put it tell like, me why. Put it like this. I've seen coaches get fired after making two straight NBA finals. I've seen coaches get fired after, you know, winning the championship. I'm not saying I'd fire Bud, but I would not be surprised if, you know, some of his old, you know, playoff haunts come back to haunt him in the future. They're like, no, nah, we, ain't, we ain't kicking it like this no more. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I endorse it, but I'm saying Bud didn't show me nothing throughout this series that made me think, Bud is not going to hold this team back in the future. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't look at it that way. More as, as far as buckets, give me more Giannis and Chris on that, on that side pick and roll. Give me more, give me more of that as, as we have another funny Monica moment on, on, on the screen here. This is, this is an excellent, excellent moment. This one's even better than the other one because it, be. it looks like she just had something really delicious mm-hmm. to eat. And she mm-hmm. stayed like licking her, look, look at like licking her lips, like yeah, it's had a sweet honey bun or something like that. That, that was like the lemon pepper wings down in Atlanta, mm. right there. Mm. Maybe that she'll is... be back. <laughs> <laughs> Another I mean, avatar you, moment, Monica. Your most listen, recent you, freeze. Your most you, recent freeze clearly, frame. <laughs> clearly, Vinny brought his bad internet jinx over here from his previous pod. That's what happened. That's all. So come on, let's hurry up because he keep messing up my internet. <laughs> so, as a bucket, Monica, more Chris and more Chris and Giannis on that side pick and roll, more of them together, more more Giannis as a finisher as opposed to Giannis having to initiate offense all the time. And as a board, more Bobby Portis. Come on, wow, surprise! Oh, I love Bobby. Look, I love these awkward dudes. You know what I mean? 
Like Bobby Portis is a fat kid who got tall. You know what I mean? I love that. He's a fat kid who got tall and made and made an NBA career out of it because he's not overly athletic or nothing like that. But he's a skilled guy. You don't think of him as a skilled guy, but Bobby Portis is a skilled player. So now that he has like the sheen of winning the championship and he can sort of feel his way out through this team, I think they go, they should resign him. This should be a really easy negotiation. Yeah, they pick up pick up a rebound and let's 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 rock with Bobby Portis. Every team needs a Bobby Portis and a PJ Tucker. Every I will team. say, I will say when Bobby's with the Knicks, he's so much fun. Like he's just a really cool dude. Like the eyes, he leans into all of it. Like he's he's just great. So that that works for me too. Um, okay, I like all those buckets, boards, and blocks, Vinny. Thank you, thank you for kicking it with us. Safe Absolutely. travels home. Um, keep up the amazing work. You know, we following and listening wherever you are. Oh my God, hey Bruce, please send me the Monica McNutt uh, avatar. <laughs> I need I need both of them. I'm going to get your screenshots of both of them, Vinny, Please. And I'm going to send them both to you. Please send them to me. Because I'm going I'm to a, I'm a post that one, the, the second one as my avatar. It's going to be my avatar. Now you, wow. <laughs> I'm so sick of my friends going after me. I'm like, why? Oh, that's my face. What's happening? <laughs> Wait, your avatar is the... Oh, look. She just did it again. <laughs> <laughs> now you're messing with us, Monica. You totally are. Is, that, is, your, is, is your current avatar the, the, the look on your face? I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I agree with that. Whatever. That's not like something like Perk said, like Perk walked in the room or something like that, looking like the deacon at the church. And you're like, what you wearing? <laughs> that is definitely from the first thing Perk and I did together. And I was like, ah. <laughs> An interesting. Vinny, interesting thank you, my dude. Of course. Get home hey. safely. Appreciate it, darling. That was dope. <laughs> Thank you to Vinny Goodwill of Yahoo Sports for joining us this week, bringing the laughs, the perspective, the takes on this incredible Milwaukee Bucks championship squad. Thanks also to our fantastic producer, Bruce Bernstein. A big shout out and big thanks to our terrific editor, Kristen Woolley. Please check out our other Pure Hoops Media shows. This week, the Mike Wise Show features ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks talking NBA draft. And Mike also will have a special NBA finals edition later this week. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Aaron features ESPN Radio's voice of the NBA, Mark Kestisher. Kesty is great, y'all, with all of his thoughts on the finals. BJ Armstrong is back with Eric Newman of the Pure Hoops podcast, which drops every Friday. And King McClure and myself are back next Thursday with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Please. Keep your guard up, get vaccinated, get the shot, or we're going to be at risk of repeating what we saw in 2020. The virus is making a comeback with the Delta variant and other variants in areas across the country. Getting vaccinated is more important than ever. Go back to the vigilance with your masks as well. Even though vaccinated people don't need masks, where you can, you should consider wearing your mask again. If you like Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, please subscribe, rate us, review us, and leave a five-star rating. It would mean a ton. Until we meet again, uh, King will be back hopefully next week. I'm always ready. Wherever you can find them, enjoy your food. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.